Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many things you've blessed us all throughout this day. And now the awesome opportunity once again to get back in your word. Help us now as we do that. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word judgment, we'll turn to Psalms. We see here in Psalm 119, a reference to teach me good judgment. It's what we need to request or hope for from the Lord is that he teach us proper judgment and good judgment. As it gets into it here in Psalm 119, Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver. Going through life's experiences, you can learn from them. And as he indicated there, they help draw him to the Lord. And the request there that we all need to make to the Lord is to teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Believe in the Lord, believe his word, believe his prophecies and promises. Trust in the Lord and pray for what you need. If you need knowledge and understanding and wisdom concerning judgment, Ask for it. All right, now let's move on to Proverbs. And Proverbs in chapter 1, picking it right up in verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. 
to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. He's putting it very simple there. If you want to gain understanding, if you want to gain knowledge and wisdom, and be able to have justice and proper judgment, then you need to study the Word of God. Plain and simple. There is so much available for us to study. It's sad what little time we actually put into studying the Word, but we need to do that more and more to gain the wisdom that is available to us, that comes from God, the true wisdom that is really valuable, so that we can perform proper justice and judgment in all of our encounters and in all of our actions and behavior. All right, run into Proverbs 2. It reads, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searcheth her for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment, and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment, and equity, yea, every good path. Every good path. To have that understanding, to have the wisdom, to have the knowledge, and to apply it properly, to be able to perform in a way that is pleasing to the Lord, to bring honor and glory to the Lord, and perform proper judgment in all of your encounters, in all the situations, and in all your relationships. So it's very important. Study the Word, pray about it, ask for wisdom and understanding, and know that it is available right from the Lord, and the true wisdom and understanding that is most valuable. All right, let's go on to Proverbs 17. Just a single verse here, but Proverbs 17, verse 23. A wicked man taketh a gift out of the bosom to pervert the ways of judgment. This is talking about bribes. We see a lot of examples and hear of a lot of examples of people taking bribes and perverting judgment. We clearly see the perversion of judgment in this country between the government officials, the way they have treated President Trump and all the injustice concerning his treatment is very clear. And it, it, the root of it, the heart of it, is jealousy and greed and envy and hatred. And there's a lot of perversion in the judgment. And 
it's sad what this country has become and how corrupt it has become. And it's definitely a good example of perverted judgment going on in the world today, especially in this country. All right, go on now over to Proverbs 19, a couple verses here. Proverbs 19, picking up in verse 28. An ungodly witness scorneth judgment, and the mouth of the wicked devoureth iniquity. Judgments are prepared for scorners, and stripes for the back of fools. Now these that have stepped up with false witness, the lies and false accusations against someone, whoever they may be, lots of examples can come to mind, as I spoke of earlier concerning former President Trump and everything that they've come up with against him, false witnesses that have risen up against him, and they will be held accountable. You cannot do such a thing and get away with it. The Lord is going to hold them all accountable. And there will be a day of judgment. There will be a day of reckoning. And we need to pray for those folks that they get forgiveness. Because if they don't, it's going to be a horrible experience for them. So let's pray for them. And know that, as he clearly puts, an ungodly witness scorneth judgment. They pervert judgment. And then you don't feel like you can have justice when you wind up going to court for this or that because there are lying false witnesses about. Just like the example we have with the false witnesses that came up against Jesus Christ trying to convict an innocent man. All right, now on over to Proverbs in 21. Proverbs 21 and Verse 3, to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Emphasizing the importance of Christian behavior and true devotion to the Lord and performing things that are honest and upright, because he says justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. To go through the Old Testament ways of the rituals of the sacrifices are not as pleasing to the Lord as behaving in the proper, upright, honorable way, is what he's speaking of there. It's more pleasing to the Lord for you to behave properly than it is to abide by the ordinances and statutes of the Old Testament is what the time period applies to in this proverb. I now go over to Proverbs chapter 29, and we see here in verse 4, The king by judgment establisheth the land, but he that receiveth gifts overthroweth it. When you have proper justice and judgment, you can have a civilization an organized society, but when you have this bribery going on, because that's what he's talking about, receiveth gifts, overthroweth it, these paybacks, these transactions under the table, you might say, that are going on, is going to hurt the country. 
And going back to an example of our country, we can clearly see that with all of the shenanigans and all of the under-the-table transactions of the current president and with his attachments to other countries and the payoffs and the kickbacks and the shady dealings going on with him and his family, we can see how this applies and how this country and the entire world has suffered because of such actions. And we are on the brink of some very hard times and bad times because of their actions and their behavior. And it clearly is laid out what's going to happen when you do such things. Let's read that again. The king by judgment establisheth the land. When you have judgment, when you have justice, you have civilization, you have a good, prosperous nation. But he that receiveth gifts overthroweth it. When you have someone who is a corrupt leader, a corrupt government, then that's going to hurt the entire country. And we've seen that around the world, and we clearly see that going on in this country today. Alright, now if you will, go to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes in chapter 11. And pick it up in verse 9. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes, but know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. We're instructed over and over to grow up, to mature, and to understand the will of the Lord, to apply the wisdom that is available and to live a God-glorifying life. We come into the world as babes. We become born-again Christians as babes. And no matter what your age is, when you become a born-again Christian, you still start as a babe, a baby in Christ. And you need to grow. And you grow through your life's experiences that you go through, the trials, the, the temptations, the tribulation, the persecutions, all help you to grow as well as studying the Word of God, communicating directly to the Lord through prayer, listening to the teaching and the guidance of the Holy Ghost, and then you grow and you mature and you become God-glorifying. But we got to understand, put away those childish things, as He teaches us in the New Testament, and grow up and bring honor and glory to the Lord. Let's read this one again right from the beginning. In chapter 11, verse 9, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Fleeting away, Enjoy childhood, but know there's the time to grow up because there's going to be a day of accountability. What did you do with the life that I provided you? Did you stay a child and just 
play or did you mature and grow? Did you grow in the wisdom and understanding of the Lord that was available to you and apply it properly? Or did you just live a selfish life as a child? All right, now turn to Ecclesiastes 12 and pick it up in verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment, with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Over and over we're told and instructed that there will be a day of accountability. There will be judgment. There will be a time when we need to give account for everything that we have done in our lives. And that's what he's speaking of here as he wraps up Ecclesiastes when he clearly puts it as being the conclusion of the whole matter. The whole teachings that Solomon is teaching here and passing on to us that we can learn from. Let's read that again. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. That is the number one thing. Fear God. And keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Our responsibility, our duty, is to fear God and keep His commandments. For God shall bring every work into judgment, with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. As we know over in Revelation, final judgment... The final judgment for everyone who has not yet received a judgment was not part of the judgment seat of Christ. The final judgment that we see here in Revelation chapter 20 in verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened. And another book was opened which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Just like he said back over in Ecclesiastes, according to your works. Everything is going to be looked at. There are records, and these records are true and accurate, and they are going to be looked at. What did you do in your life? It's all going to be looked at. Verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell were delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. Over and over we see that, according to their works, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Into the lake of fire. That is the final place for all those that have not trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the final judgment. And there will be different degrees of punishment according to how they behaved, their works. Just like there's going to be different degrees of reward for the righteous and for their works. So everything that we do makes a difference. What have we done with the life that the Lord has given us? is all going to be looked at. 
and will be judged accordingly. And if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He washes that away as far as the east is from the west, and it won't be brought back up against us. But if we don't ask for forgiveness, if we sin and don't come to the Lord for forgiveness, then that's going to be held against us. And that's not going to go well for us. There will be suffering. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth, it says. So we got to understand that. And if we're Christians and we sin, and those are the things that are going to be burned up. It's going to be burned up, taken away. We'll lose rewards because of our sin. We'll lose blessings. And that will cost us for eternity as well. So if you're a Christian and you sin, you take it to the Lord, you ask for forgiveness, and you get it taken care of. He makes provision for us. He makes provision for us to come to Him and ask for forgiveness. As He clearly says over there in First John in chapter 2, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus Christ is pleading our case with the Heavenly Father because we are born again. And He is the propitiation. The propitiation means the payment. He's paid the price for our sins. And He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but for also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price, he paid for the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word is in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him, and he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. He gave us the example. He showed us what to do. So just as we have back over in Ecclesiastes, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Fear God because there will be a day of judgment. There will be a day of accountability. Christian and non-Christian, a day of accountability. And keep His commandments. Jesus Christ emphasized the two great commandments. That is to love God with all of your existence and to love others as yourself. And if we do those two things, to truly love God... And to truly love others, then all the commandments are going to fall right into place. For God shall bring every work into judgment. Has it been forgiven? Has it been washed away? Or is it still there? With every secret thing. Notice, every secret thing. Nothing can be hidden from God. Whether it be good or whether it be evil. It's all going to be looked at. It's all going to be judged. It's all going to be a day of accountability. So that's some awesome teaching that we find from Solomon over there in Ecclesiastes. All right, now let's move on to Isaiah. In Isaiah, we see some further teaching concerning the word judgment. And in Isaiah chapter 1, let's pick it up in verse 16. Where it reads, Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil. The way we of the New Testament time get washed is washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, clean and white again. Verse 11, Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us 
reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's a prophecy of the availability of a cleansing in the blood of Jesus Christ, being washed clean and white. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Willing and obedient, obedient to the will of the Lord. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Of course, these are prophecies, these are things given to the children of Israel, speaking of their time in the promised land. But we can apply this in our lives and in our relationship with the Lord and the blessings that can come upon us. As it continues, How is it the faithful city became an harlot? It was full of judgment, righteousness, lodged in it, and now murderers. Like It once was a wondrous place, but at this time in the history, speaking of, they had turned against the Lord. Thy silver is become dross, thy wine mixed with water. Thy princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Every one loveth gifts and followeth after rewards. They judge not the fatherless, neither doth the cause of the widow come unto them. Talking about the corrupt government. We clearly see that in this country today, the thieves that are within the government, the greedy and the selfish and lustful desires being fulfilled of the government, shouldn't be that way. Therefore, saith the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, ah, I will ease me of mine adversaries and avenge me of mine enemies. Always speaking of the accountability. And I will turn my hand upon thee and purely purge away thy dross and take away all thy tin. And I will restore thy judges as at the first and thy counselors as at the beginning. Afterward thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Oh, that we could get the Lord to do that in this country. That he could purge all of those evil people that are within the justice system, all of them from the lowest all the way up to the highest, if they could be cleansed and put righteous people in all those positions, what a glorious nation this would be. Verse 27, Zion shall be redeemed with judgment and her converts with righteousness. Oh, that we could have that in this country. We need to pray for the Lord to take charge, to to lift up God-glorifying leaders in this country, to bring this country back to a country that is proud to be Christian, a nation that brings honor and glory to the Lord, rather than shame and disgust, the abomination that is being spread around the whole world, so much of it starting right here in this country. It's horrible testimony of what this country has become. But we know it's prophecies of the last times. We know that there will be fulfillment of the prophecies. 
There will be a time of the millennial period when we'll have a wondrous, perfect setting for that thousand years. And then the most awesome upcoming event of having the new heaven and the new earth where there will be no unrighteousness whatsoever. All right, now turn over to Isaiah in chapter 9. We'll finish it up here with a couple verses. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of course, this is a prophecy of the coming birth of Jesus Christ. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That's what we have to look forward to. A wondrous, glorious time for eternity when Jesus Christ establishes the new heaven and new earth for all the believers. Of course, this here in Isaiah, where it speaks of, speaks of for unto us a child is born, it was a prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ and his physical birth, ultimately the sacrifice and the propitiation for sins that we read about earlier, giving us an opportunity for forgiveness, giving us an opportunity to be able to tie into him and his wisdom and have him indwell us with the Holy Ghost and give us the wisdom of understanding so we can perform proper judgment. A lot to look forward to as Christians. The fulfilled prophecies, we see these things prophesied thousands of years prior before they being unveiled in intricate detail, fulfilled in their intricate detail. And we know the prophecies that yet to be fulfilled will be fulfilled in the details that are given to us. So study and perform proper judgment. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the wisdom that we can learn when we open up and receive it from you and study your word. Help us all stay hungry to dig into there, to find that understanding that we need to always perform proper judgment and look forward to the ultimate judgment that we will all have. We truly thank you for all of it as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.